sports, politics, life, Buck Roofing presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Maybe it's a good thing that the hottest topic in Kansas City on Wednesday was the Royals' new uniforms, which which feature a quick trip patch on the sleeve this year, as it was announced by the team that they would put this patch on the sleeve for the entire season as some sort of a youth literacy campaign and community partnering. What they didn't disclose was the money that the Royals will make from Quick Trip for doing this or the business arrangement that they'll have. I'm certain what we're going to see this summer is discounted drinks like the Big Q with 10 cents from every drink sold going to literacy projects or things like that. But they always avoid the millions of dollars that are trading hands here. And this is likely to be something even bigger down the road as the Royals build a new stadium. You would think if they're starting this was QT now and it's going to be on the sleeves and they get the stadium going, maybe there's a quick trip on the outside of the stadium. Maybe it's attached. Maybe it's all part of that. Quick Trip is a massive private business. I am a huge fan of QT. You know that. And I guess from a selfish standpoint, we know now with the Royals tie-in and the patch that will be on the sleeve that people seem outraged with, that means there's going to be discounts coming our way for the sodas and coffee and things that we love. We know there's going to be some sort of a deal for us because it is on there. It looks bad, I'll be honest with you, because it's red. I mean, the main thing is it looks red. The Boston Red Sox for years have done great things at Fenway Park. They put ads on the outfield wall. But they're in a very muted white. They're they're almost like an eggshell, egg-colored light. Um, not beige, but a very muted white color. All the ads are out there. So, for example, the Royals bullpen looks like it's the Cardinals bullpen because the insurance company that they paint all over the walls out there in red. At Fenway, most of the signs they have like that are just would be a like a Fenway green wall. And then the logo of that company, not in their color, in the muted white, so it's understated. And that would be maybe something for the Royals to consider here. Uh, Quick Trips doesn't want any part of it. They want their big red QT on the sleeve of every Royals player's uniform to stand out, and it will stand out more than the Royals logo, because it's red. And I think that's got a lot of people bothered. I don't think they even know consciously this isn't a Cardinals thing, but it just stands out. It doesn't blend in. It doesn't fit with the uniform, and the Royals have joined the ranks of Major League Soccer, soccer around the world, NASCAR, sports that have been made fun of for years for having logoing. I have some buddies that instantly reacted were making fun of the Royals, and I said, hey, it's coming to your favorite college team soon enough. Just give it time. If you've got a swoosh or an Adidas logo on your jersey, it's just a matter of time until there's another logo. Now, when we see a a sporting goods logo on a jersey, we don't think much of it because we know they made it, and they usually put it in the same color, the same color as the school, as the team, as whatever. The Royals aren't doing that here with Quick Trip. Again, there's more logos coming. There's no end to the space. If you were to ask, would you rather have naming rights of Kauffman Stadium right now or that patch on the sleeve in your Quick Trip? I'll take the patch on the sleeve. That is a way, way, way better thing than your name on the stadium. So it's all coming. It's happening. It's just the reality of what sports is. And we can sit here as old men and say, get off my lawn, or we can jump on board. They're all in. Matt Quattrero, the manager of the Royals, already they're calling him Big Q, which is the name of their fountain drinks. And the best reaction I saw on social media was, and this just kind of puts it in perspective, the best reaction somebody put on social media, hey, at least it's not a BLM sticker. 
That's exactly right. No Black Lives Matter patch on the Royals uniform. We've got Quick Trip. So the fact that people were outraged by this and having fun with it or whatever, it's complicated because so many people love Quick Trip. That's really what makes it co- like Quick Trip's brand is better than the Royals brand because Quick Trip's like Chick-fil-A and some of these other places you know that when you go there, you know you're actually walking through the doors of the best. Like the people that work there are great. It's clean. The shelves are stocked. Everything they do is right. It's just legit through and through. So that becomes complicated. The people were making fun of the Royals and all their losses. Now, good Quick Trip is do they want to hurt their brand? This isn't hurting their brand. Quick Trip's a, a great company. And I think in a way, it's good that our city got kind of wrapped up in that on Wednesday, something so trivial that got our minds off of what happened a week ago at Union Station. But I want to, I want, I, would, I just want to do a couple other little things here uh, to wrap up for now anyway, until there is more news about what happened at Union Station and the mass shooting that they're calling it, the mass shooting, the, the gang shootout that happened at Union Station. One is Greg Gutfeld went all over Mayor Q on Wednesday night on his show on Fox News. And it was funny because he showed, you know, they said something about dog whistle and then showed the girls of the view. I mean, he, he's a funny guy. I can't really play it for you because so much of it was visual. And it just it wouldn't work. But he had a profound line in there that I want to pass along and share that I agree with. He was basically talking about Mayor Q saying that calling these young men thugs is a dog whistle. A racist meme, you know, things that we've heard. And Gutfeld points out it is not a dog whistle if most of us don't hear it. And I thought, well, that's exactly right. You, you sound an alarm, you blow a dog whistle, you do whatever, but if people don't hear it, it didn't really happen. It's not a whistle. And I think that's exactly right. Most people didn't hear the dog whistle. And that's Mayor Q's problem. It worked for him. It clearly worked for him. He'll take all the heat he can get from the right. The more Fox News or Gutfeld or Jesse or anybody like that gets on Mayor Q, the better it is for his career. And so he had a win- he had a winning week. There's no other way to say it. In, in tragedy, Mayor Q had a winning week. I mentioned on a couple of podcasts this week that I had a meeting with someone who is a very, very high-ranking, influential law enforcement person in our metropolitan area. And during this nearly two-hour conversation that I had with this person, something came up that never occurred to me. We were talking about the fact that we knew these were going to be illegal guns. We knew it was gang activity. This person is absolutely convinced it's gang activity and even took a guess at which gangs it would be. But he said, that's just throwing darts. There's so many gangs in Kansas City, Missouri now that, you you know, you might be dart throwing to just say Crips and Bloods. But this person pointed out to me something really, really interesting that I'd never thought of. I said, where are they getting these illegal guns? Is this coming across the border? What's happening? He goes, honestly? Most of the illegal guns in Kansas City are obtained very easily. They're stolen, and here's how they steal them. And I, th- and I immediately, my mind started racing. They're breaking into people's homes, getting into their gun safes. And he's like, nope, that's too dangerous. You don't want to break into the house of somebody that has guns. What they do in the gang areas, Kansas City, Missouri, again, we're talking about a two- or three-mile radius where most of the gang activity takes place in this community is clearly an urban problem where most of it takes place. People do things like go to parades or go to a concert 
or come have dinner or go to Crossroads and have pizza or do whatever. They park on the street. They park in parking lots. These gang members walk around looking for cars that they know are not cars of their community because they have two things on the outside of the car that they look for. They either have an NRA sticker or they have a sticker that says, or the flag that's back the blue. If they see a car downtown with an NRA sticker or back the blue sticker, they will smash the window. They will roll through the car very quickly and look for any guns in the glove box or wherever they can find them. And that's where they get most of their guns. They pop the trunk. They do everything. They go through the SUV. They will smash your window in these areas if you have an NRA or a back the blue sticker on your car. They know you don't live there. They know you're not part of the community. And there's a relatively good chance there is some sort of firearm in the car locked up. I had never thought of that. Never. And this person said that's where they get most of their firearms. They're all stolen. They're all illegal. And that's how they roll. I hate to say it because so many of you are giant NRA fans, as am I. I don't have a sticker on my car or back the blue. This person said to me strongly, Kevin, tell your audience, take the stickers off the cars. Just take them off. You're asking for it unless you stay close to home with those cars. Even if you travel, if you go on vacation and you're parking in another city, it can happen there. It's not unique to Kansas City. They will target your car because they think they can steal a gun. That they'd rather steal a gun than your wife's necklace or purse. We know how people, if they see a purse, will break a window and get in. If they see that sticker, they think there is a more than 50% chance there's a gun somewhere in that car, and that's what they want. They want the guns. Wow. The mother of Lindell Mays, who started the shootout, who previously had a charge of brandishing a gun at a community center, and has a cool online picture where it looks like he's got about 30 $100 bills fanned out in front of his car, bragging that he's got this cash. His mother says he's a good boy, loves his mama, loves Jesus. Oh, that's a Tom Petty song. Sorry. Uh, he lo- he's a good boy, and he loves his mom. And she felt terrible for him. She says he was shot nine times. Lindell Mays is still in the hospital. She started a GoFundMe for him. It raised $100 and due to public pressure was removed very quickly. The mother of the person who started a shooting where 23 people were shot, 39 injured, started a GoFundMe page for him. This is our society. This is who and what we are. She did it. It was taken down after they raised $100. I think if it stayed up, they might have raised a bunch. They might have. Folks, I know I was very cautious when this thing happened. And I know it sounded like I was being negative, like you're not going to like the way this unravels and who these people are. We immediately hear these stories and hear 22 people in the hospital and we start praying for all the victims. They are not all victims. They are combatants. There will be a much smaller number of victims here. Lindell Mays is not a victim. He pulled the first gun. His mother says he got shot nine times. One of his buddies got shot This is unbelievable. Apparently in the neck, and it went through his cheek and mouth and came out the other side, and his jaws are dragged. He's got his jaws wired shut right now. And it is amazing, the stories of people who got shot and lived. One dude got shot kind of in the face. Well, I think that was Mays. Mays got shot in the face, 
and was walking off bleeding in the face. I mean, it's just unreal that you can get shot in the neck and it comes out your mouth and blows your teeth out and through the side of your cheek and you survive. I mean, some of these stories of survival are just unbelievable. I mean, truly remarkable. I don't know how many shots were fired. It sounds like way more than we thought. If Lindell Mays was shot nine times, how many bullets were fired for crying out loud? At the White House, they have decided to send Commander on a long sabbatical. Commander is the new dog for Joe Biden, the second dog that has been kicked out of the White House. Commander has bitten at least 25 people over one year. Most of these chronicled in documentation are Secret Service. It doesn't chronicle staffers that may have been hurt. Over half of these injuries required medical attention. One Secret Service agent was all but mauled in the backyard of the Delaware home. When he went out for a walk in the backyard to check the perimeter and the dog was in the backyard, just attacked the Secret Service, dude. I mean, this is, I've said this before. I'm not going to lament this. I've got a bigger story that I want to share with you. I firmly believe that the overwhelming number, not all, overwhelming number of problem dogs are a reflection of their owner. Bad owners have bad dogs. Or... In some cases, owners who want their dogs to be vicious, they train them to be vicious and attack and kill and whatever as security around their home or whatever. That's the way they want to live. You can teach a dog. You could teach any dog that. I have the most docile little half beagle dog you've ever seen. They're born docile. They use them in laboratories because they're so docile. If I wanted to train him from day one to attack anybody that comes into our house and bite the ankle, now he can't really hurt anybody. He's not capable. He's not a German shepherd. He can't maul you, but he can bite you and bleed you and make you run. If I wanted to teach that to him, I could have. If he were born that way, you can also teach it out of your dog. And people don't do it. The Bidens are terrible dog owners, and I I just don't think it's any kind of a stretch to say if you're a terrible dog owner and your second dog has been taken out of the White House because you cannot control your dog, you shouldn't be running the country. That's the easy one. That's the layup. That's cherry picking. I'm standing at the other end of the court when my teammate gets the rebound and he just throws it down to me. That's too easy. That's way too easy. Anybody knows that. But a second dog is out. More people have been bitten and there are bad dog owners. I'm going to share a story with you because we are dog lovers. And we adopt, don't shop. I would encourage anyone to do that, but I have no problem with people that buy designer dogs either. I just love dogs. As long as you're a good dog parent and your dog is safe around others, especially children, but also other dogs, we have noticed an uptick at the dog park the other day and then on a walk yesterday. We have noticed an uptick for whatever reason. I don't, I have got no science behind this. We have noticed an uptick in bad dogs. Cabo is just, he doesn't even know. Like Cabo, if he got loose, he would he would get killed pretty quickly. He would walk up to a pack of coyotes and think they're his friends. That's just, he's a very social dog. He loves all other dogs until they try to bite him, and then he just walks away. But he's, he's, he's truly a lover. But we live a pretty calm life, to be honest. You know, it's pretty dull around here. There's not a bunch of screaming. There's not a bunch of kids. There's not a bunch of that. We get loud during football games. He gets scared. We watched the Top Gun movie on 11 one night. He didn't care much for that. (laughs) We'll listen to some loud music in the backyard every now and then. He actually likes that. 
but it's a pretty calm, routine life. Other people have, you know, when we, I had trouble one time with a, with a, uh, a small dog when we had three little kids and it was mayhem around our house. We wound up giving him away. We didn't dedicate enough time to training him. He was a very difficult dog and we didn't, we were too busy. We were both working, three little kids running around. It was just really hard. And we're like, we can't keep doing this. We have to give this dog away. We're the wrong people for this dog. And, you know, we love dogs and we're committed to dogs, but I'm so much better dog parent now and owner than I've ever been. But many people aren't and many people shouldn't have dogs. We have some friends and I'm not going to say where they lived other than it's a subdivision, nice subdivision in an area of Kansas City where it's very wooded. It's not very urban. It's on the outskirts, but it's a very nice subdivision. They moved into a new home a little over a month ago, brought a couple of dogs with them. One of them is a six-year-old tiny dog, nine-pounder. And this was the sweetest little lover you ever saw. Happy little guy. They move in and both neighbors at this house they bought had fences, but the back of their lot did not. So they immediately put in a fence for their dog. They got with the HOA. It complied. It matched the other fences. Everything's good. They let the dog out in the yard because it's fenced. And there are two dogs next door that are Huskies or Husky mixes, which apparently if there's more than one, it becomes a pack. I, I mean, this is a hard story for me to tell. One of the Huskies grabbed this little nine. I mean, the dog hadn't been outside 90 seconds in the yard. <clears throat> Goes over to the fence to meet the other dogs. One of the Huskies opens its mouth, grabs the dog by the head, and squeezes it through the fence, crushing its ribs to bring it onto their side, where the second husky opened its mouth and attacked the chest and bit the dog in the heart and killed it. The neighbor came over. Our friend, our female friend, jumped the fence, she's all bruised, tried to beat the other dogs and stop it and couldn't. They're expecting their ashes any day from their beloved little Hank. The neighbor has the audacity to come over to apologize and say, you know, those two dogs of mine, they killed a whole family of possums. They've killed raccoons. They kill squirrels. Those two dogs in that backyard will kill anything. I'm pretty sure the owner likes it that way. Kill the critters, come in the house at night and sleep with us. When he comes in the house, maul them, attack. Somebody in this audience, please tell me this is against the law. That you don't tell your neighbors as they're building their fence and you see they have this little dog and you know your dogs are killers and you actually open up to them and tell them about all the things these dogs have killed before they killed their dog. Our friends are wanting to put a for sale sign in the front yard. They can't sit on their deck and look over at the other yard where those two dogs are. They darn sure don't want to bring grandchildren around and they've got another dog that wouldn't make it through the fence. He's bigger. And they literally want to sell their house. 
They've called animal control, but that's it. I've suggested calling the police or the county sheriff or a lawyer. If you are a lawyer, if anybody knows about this, is in Kansas. This is Kansas law, not Missouri. If anybody knows about these laws. Now, I love dogs. I think these dogs need to be taken away from these people. I think the authorities need to take a look at these dogs and see if they need to be put down. Again, not the dog's fault in all likelihood. If they've been trained this way, you don't get to live next to a neighbor with dogs. If you are training your dogs to do this, you don't get to do this. I cannot tell you how distraught these people are and how it's ruined their life. And they just moved in. I said, how long did the previous owners live in that house? And they said, only three years. I said, do we know if that was related to these dogs? These dogs are apparently eight years old. Somebody in this audience, please contact me and give us guidance. I want to help my friends in any way they can to stop this from happening. Can you imagine a small child walking over to that fence to pet those dogs? How does this happen? What can we do? Is there anything can be done? These dogs, in my opinion, from what I've heard, need to be put down. The problem they, they have with like going to authorities, like we, don't have a, we didn't have a security camera up in our backyard yet. We don't have video of the incident. I said, well, come on. It's pretty clear what happened here. The dog was across the fence in their yard and got killed. Well, we can't prove, they can't prove that we didn't put the dog in there. I'm like, what? Ridiculous. Kevin at kkhasissues.com is my email address. Kevin at kkhasissues.com. All right, on to some, well, I, I, it's serious news, but it's not as much quite as a bummer, I guess. Uh, Fannie Willis judge in Fulton County, Georgia, the judge in the Fannie Willis case, Scott McAfee, is set to rule on whether or not Fannie Willis and her lover boy can go on prosecuting Trump. Oh, the judge donated to Fannie Willis's campaign and used to work for her. Jessica was asking me last week, we're watching it, she goes, why is the judge letting her do all this? I said, well, he probably knows her really well. I'm guessing he's worked there and they've all known each other forever. This is like an office party trial. Everybody knows everybody. It's ridiculous. The judge deciding whether Fannie Willis can continue worked for her and donated to her campaign. Oh my God. Oh my God. What kind of country do we live in these days? KKHI is brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging online at medimageks.com. See what is inside. If your doctor gives you the news that you didn't want to hear and you need to get an MRI or a CT scan, do yourself perhaps the greatest favor of your life. Do not wait five weeks to get the scan. Get it now at Advanced Medical Imaging. No waiting. Many days, if you call in the morning, they'll get you in in the afternoon. They'll definitely get you in by tomorrow. No matter what kind of screening it is, if you need an MRI or a CT scan, they take your insurance. All major insurance accepted. Healthcare is a mess. Get out of the big hospital systems. This is an independent outfit. They are awesome. MedImageKS.com. They also do out-of-pocket heart scans to get your plaque score on your heart. It's about 100 bucks, And you see all the organs in your torso. It's preventative, and you can see if anything's going on there. They suggest you do that every two or three years if you're over 40. Great idea. Advanced Medical Imaging is online at medimageks.com. Ticketsforless.com has got you hooked up for KU Texas this Saturday. Why wouldn't you go to Allen Fieldhouse? It's a good game. 
They got a lot of great athletes at Texas. They're going to try to defend KU and drag this one down, I think, and keep it low scoring. They'll try. Maybe not. Maybe not. I, to me, that's their only shot. But we'll see. Texas at KU, you know they've got players. And they're kind of a bubble team. They're going to make it, I think. Texas is. Should be a good game. You want to go to Allen Fieldhouse? 685-3322 is the phone number. Ticketsforless.com. Your promo code is KKHI. It is concert season right around the corner. And Royals home opener is March 28th. The best selection of tailgate before the game, party passes, suites, club level, VIP, crown seats behind home plate, or cheap seats in the upper deck. Just getting you in the door. Whatever you're looking for, ticketsforless.com is going to allow you to save money by using the promo code KKHI. Go get it. Save money every single time. Ticketsforless.com, promo code KKHI. Bstock.net has a retail TV price drop. I didn't know they could do this. So these are now, if they're dropping them even more, they're giving them away at cost, essentially is where we are. We're dealing at cost right now at Bstock. Samsung AU8000 75-inch, $499. $499. Lenovo, Lenovo Idea Center AIO 4GB, $299, brand new. It's $429 at Best Buy. Go get on it. That's cost. Gamers, they've got different gaming laptops and accessories, even Xbox. They have Microsoft Xbox Series X bundle, $470. 65-inch OLED deal this week, $989. Everywhere else in Kansas City, it's over $1,500. Bstock.net, 14680 South Flaming Road. The most common story I hear about Bstock is they say, yeah, Kevin, I heard you say this about the uh, $989 TV. And I went in there and described where I'm going to use this. And I actually wound up getting one for $4.99 because they worked with me. I said, yeah, I was thinking about putting this in a crash room that we don't go to very often, or it's going out on my covered deck. And they're like, oh, no, 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 don't put this TV out on your deck. We got a cheaper one for that. It's crazy. They just, they want to save you money as much as you want to save money. Bstock.net, 14680 South Flaming Road. Student loan forgiveness is on. Here's the deal. Joe Biden is gonna, doing another $1.2 in student loan forgiveness. The Supreme Court's ruled that he can't do this, but he keeps doing it. It's crazy. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to reward the idiots, the dumbest among us, the worst possible college grads is who we're going to reward. How are they doing that? This is unbelievable, folks. Look, everybody's in a different situation. I get it. And the last thing people repay is a student loan because it's always low interest. There's a tax break on it. There's all kinds of things, right? This is so embarrassing. They have found people that had an original loan balance of $12,000 or less. $12,000. And they've been paying on it for 10 years or longer. And they're going to pay it off. What they're saying is, you're such an idiot and so stupid that you didn't pay this off. We're going to pay it for you. The dumbest among us. Now, I guess theoretically, you could get five $12,000 loans over five years of college. And maybe that's what's going on here. I don't know. I don't know if it's total balance. I don't know if it's one year. I don't know. But it's 12000 or less that you've been paying on for 10 years. That's like $100 a month. And it could be paid off by now. (laughs) 
We're going to take the people who, who saw these loans as a joke and just said, these are not a factor in my life. We're going to ignore you. We're not paying this off. These are the bad creditors. These are the ones you want off the roll. Now, there's some interest involved here. If they've even paid, I don't see any stipulation that they had to pay all along. Are we rewarding people who went two years without paying and just racked up interest and said, oh, I've got a hardship. I can't pay this month or this year or whatever. Are those people getting paid off? We're rewarding the worst among us, folks. I don't care what you make. I'm going to go all Dave Ramsey on your ass right now. I don't care if you work for minimum wage. You can find yourself an $18 an hour job anywhere. Anybody can right now. And you can pay off a $12,000 student loan in a lot less than 10 years. Very easily. Oh, God. You know, it's always the ingredients. It's never the cookies. The cookie tastes so good. Let's see what's in the ingredient bowl. Let's let's see what's in here. Oh, look at that. They put some poison in there, didn't they? Mm, mm, mm. Here's some great news. Here's a pick-me-up for you. Democrats are freaking out over what's going on in Maryland. Maryland. Democrats have a, quote, nightmare scenario, unquote, in Maryland. Their senator there is retiring. Oh, gosh, not Tester. He's in Montana. He's going to get beat. Montana's going to flip. Tester's going to be done. Maryland's guy's out. Retiring. This is a solidly blue state. This is not going to be a problem. It's suburban Washington, D.C., where large numbers of people live. Of course, it's like every other state. The rest of the state is very red, but the part by the city is very blue, and it controls the vote. This is a reliably Democrat state. They were just, their guy's retiring. He's retiring now because this is easy. We'll get another Democrat in there, and not so fast. Former Governor Larry Hogan has decided to run. He easily won twice as a Republican governor in Maryland. Now, wait, I know what you're thinking. We don't like Larry Hogan. He hates Trump. He hates Trump. He hates Trump. Yeah, Larry Hogan's a Mitt Romney type. I'm just going to ask you, would you rather have Larry Hogan or would you rather have the far left liberal in the Senate? You would think Larry Hogan, even as a moderate Republican, would vote with the Republicans about 90% of the time. He may let us down on a big vote. That may come. They're talking like this is no longer a race. Larry Hogan has entered. Larry Hogan will win. It's over. The seat is flipped. Anything short of a heart attack and Larry Hogan wins. He's that popular. He's squarely in the middle. I'll take it. I'll take... I'll take some, because mostly what the Democrats do is the Republicans propose anything, even if it's middle of the road, that everyone should agree on. The Democrats will vote against Republicans. They just do. They have to go back to their states or districts and say, I'm voting against them because they're evil. It's what we do. We vote against them. So I'll take Larry Hogan if 80 or 90% of the time he's going to be with the Republicans. This is a win. It's a litmus test right now. Do you want this or do you not? I'm sure some of you listening right now are like, F that guy. I don't want him in there. He's Mitt Romney. He's, I think he's better than Romney. Not much, but he's better than Romney. He hates Trump, but he's had, he's got some Republican values to him. I'll take it. I'll take GOP light. I'll take moderate 
over the far left Democrat in the Senate. It's a Senate seat. These things are coveted. This is big. I am exceedingly optimistic that Republicans will control the Senate by a, a nice margin, a margin where even Larry Hogan, if he doesn't vote for it, we can absorb that and keep him on board. I'm for this. Many of you may not be. Many of you may be, what's the difference? Just put the leftist in there. I don't look at it that way. I think the leftists are just going to vote against Republicans. And Larry Hogan, most of the time, will be on board with the Republican caucus in the Senate. So I'll take it. Our sports today is brought to you by Back 9 Development, online at back9development.com. Back 9 and TJ Vilkansk is now featuring the lofts at 1700 in Manhattan. A converted apartment complex is going to be brand new. Two-bedroom, two-bath condos sold individually, starting prices of $249. There's two buildings. They add new elevators. It's perfect if you have college students or if you love to go to games and stay the weekend and things like that, a second home. Or if you do business there regularly at the NBAF or Stormont Vale or K-State or Department of Agriculture, any of those things, consider the lofts at 1700 Or the dunes in Lansing, eight lots available. The pond is in the middle of them. They're all reverse one-and-a-half walkouts with three acres of land and a fishing hole out back. How cool is that? You want to get away from the city? Consider Lansing. T.J. Vilkanskis can be reached at 785-236-0161. Or if you want to check out more, go to back9development.com. Ideal Health KC is located at K7 and Shawnee Mission Parkway in Shawnee. This is Dr. Kip Van Camp, Regenerative Medicine, your body tissue working for you. He's double board certified as an interventional radiologist. He created this practice over a decade ago when nobody else was doing it. He has been published in multiple journals on stem cell and tissue research. Joint pain, COVID shot issues, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's onset. Started working with his dad in 2011. Blood spinning, patch therapy, ozone therapy. The big pharmaceutical companies do not like this medicine because they don't want you to know that the medicine inside your own body taken and put in the right place in the right way is better than some drug they make in a lab. IdealHealthKC.com, 913-745-5300. And the Finch Knife Company is online at FinchKnifeCo.com. I carry my Finch pocket knife everywhere now. I've never carried a knife with me, and I take it everywhere with me. I've got one in my car. I just think it's reasonable to have. I may need to, um, you know, I may get some, uh, some fishing net or something across my wheel. I may need to cut that free. You know, I may have a little project and I, I need a knife. It's good to have. I actually should keep it in the glove box, not the console. But I keep it in my car and I keep one on me. They're cool. They're awesome little tools. They're great show-off pieces with your buddies. They sell themselves because they're so easy to use and so good. They're perfect for your tackle box, your hunting trips, your golf bag, anywhere. Keep a Finch knife on hand. Keep life from getting dull. Finchknifeco.com. Oh, boy, the Kansas City Current are getting ready to open at their new stadium, which looks like an erector set. It's an eyesore. It is not good looking. It looks cheap. And it wasn't. I don't, I don't even want to say it. I, I don't even want to say it, but it looks cheap. It looks like, what? It looks very minor league. And this is the first female women's soccer-only stadium in America. They're getting ready to open. They have 14 matches this year. 2,300 parking spots at the current stadium, which is on the river by Berkeley River uh, Park. 
They are thrilled to let everybody know that the 2,300 parking spots are gravel. Thrilled is the word they used in their release because of their multimodal plan of sustainability. Multimodal, I believe, says we can bring you here by streetcar, rideshare. You can walk. You can ride your bicycle. You can do a lot of things. We do have 2,300 parking spots on gravel, but it's $68 per game, $952 to park if you're a season ticket holder. Thousand bucks. They like to blame it on taxes and fees. Well, no spit, Sherlock. You're in Kansas City, Missouri, and you built a stadium on the river on land that nobody wanted, where there's no commerce and nothing going on. Yes, the city wants a chunk of that. There will be taxes and fees. You're in Kansas City, Missouri. They will be exorbitant. Your parking for the Kansas City Current is the second most expensive parking in the city. It is more expensive than the airport. The only thing more expensive is not all, but Chiefs Gold parking is $75 a game. That's more expensive than the current. They're, they got the sack to put gravel down and charge 68 bucks a game and then brag that gravel is multimodal and sustainable. Of course, they didn't want to put asphalt down. That's oil-based. We can't go there. Think of the sustainability for downtown. We're not going to have reflective heat off of our pavement. These people are loons. Their soccer business, because they're so loony, deserves to fail. This, this is going to wind up being one of two things. For you and I, it's going to be the worst fan experience you've ever had. You won't like it. And for the others that go, they may just go down there and say, okay, we like the politics of all this, but this isn't really very convenient or nice. No, it's not. Because you're attempting to do two different things that are opposed to one another. You cannot create the great experience for your fans and be multimodal and sustainable. <laughs> Those things don't go together. They just don't. Hey, listen, if the liberals in this town want to go spend a thousand bucks to park on gravel and watch a ladies soccer team and go, we're the first ever to do this and look at our multimodal transportation here in sustainability. Let's just hope that those walking from the river market or more importantly, walking back to the river market at 1030 on a Saturday night are okay. Let's hope that safety is not an issue. And I'm serious about this. They've made a lot of mistakes with this. They're easy to spot before it starts. Mark the tape. Let's hope that year one is safe. Let's hope that they're hiring extra security, extra cops, that there's some cops along the way where you walk back to River Market or whatever. This doesn't sound like a great plan to me. But here's the best part. It ain't my problem. Guess how many times I'm going to park on that gravel lot and pay $68? Eh. Zero. Multimodal plan. We're thrilled to unveil our multimodal plan for sustainability. Thousand bucks to park for women's soccer. Holy smokes. Sporting parking's free. Our last time I went, it was. Parking everywhere. Maybe I had a pass. Maybe I had a parking pass. I'm sure the lot's up close. You parking passes and get in. There's no toll gates. There's no paying. College basketball. Here's a little uh, nugget, a footnote. This is a good one. This is clunky. 
This is hard to do on audio. This is easier on paper than it is coming for me, but I'm going to try my best to be a professional podcaster and make this very clear and understandable. There is a basketball service called KenPalm.com. It's a rating service. They rank teams. It's computers. It's smart. It's fun. It's good. It's well-respected. There's nothing bad about Ken Palm. That's the backstory. That's where this comes from. Ken Palm says in the last 23 years, all but one, 96%, 96% of the teams that have won the national title in college basketball have been top 20 in offense. And all but apparently two have been top 30 in defense. Okay, so there you go. Top 20 offense, top 30 defense. There are seven teams right now that are both. Seven teams in the country right now. According to these stats, overwhelming stats, that means there would be a 90-some percent chance one of these seven is going to win the national title. They are in no particular order here. UConn, yeah, particular order because they're the best. UConn, Houston, Duke, Carolina, Arizona, Tennessee, and Creighton all fit that category. That was surprising to me. Kansas wants to be a wrench in that plan. And the wrench in this plan is we can look at the, it's just like the Chiefs. You can look at the numbers over the season. My buddy did this before the Super Bowl. He said, there's no way I'm, I'm voting, I'm betting on the Chiefs. The numbers are overwhelming. It's Niners. I said, yeah, but let's look at like since December 1st, the numbers are overwhelming Chiefs. Nope. Whole season's a bigger sample size. Indeed it is. No argument there. Do this at your own peril. Bet against Kansas at your own peril in the NCAA tournament. I'll tell you right now, because they will be, we're still a month away. They're going to be a far better team in a month than they are now, and they're better now than they were a month ago. And these stats, to me, won't apply, but there it is, KenPalm.com. Garth Brooks has invited Travis Kelsey to the grand opening of his new bar in Nashville on Broadway to sing Friends in Low Places because he couldn't get through it at Union Station. Interesting enough, they're both Bud Light supporters during the Bud Light controversy. Garth Brooks took a hit supporting Bud Light. Travis Kelsey took a hit supporting Bud Light. I'm guessing if Travis can make it, he will. Eric Hosmer is retired. Eric Hosmer retired after 13 years and ran onto a podcast and had something really interesting to say. Eric Hosmer was, loved Kansas City and was completely unfulfilled as a ball player since then. Now, he got married. He married the weather girl from here. They've had children, and they're happy, and their life is good. His baseball career was completely and utterly a failure and unfulfilling after he left Kansas City, and he described it on a podcast. There's a lot of bad media out there right now, and there's a lot of good media out there as well, but there's so much of it. Throughout my career, I've been in a lot of relatable situations to guys. You know, I've been the, the highly touted prospect, the big draft pick, but at the same time, I've been the guy, the bottom guy on the totem pole. In Kansas City, I was, I was the young guy. I couldn't do anything wrong in Kansas City. You know, they loved me out there. When I went to San Diego, I'll be the first to admit the performance wasn't what I wanted it to be, wasn't what I envisioned it to be. But at the same time, you know, some of the stuff that was being, being written or some of the stuff that I read or people had tell me was, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't doing that due diligence in the locker room. I was actually doing the opposite of pulling people apart. And that's something to me where I felt like I was on an island right there. Like, I want to tell my story. I want to be able to tell people what's, what's going on here, what's really happening. But I just didn't have that platform. And I feel like baseball players in general don't have that platform. There's Eric Hosmer. And, you know, don't have a platform is misleading. He had a platform. The media is there every day. 
the clubhouse rules itself, and in a baseball clubhouse, the rule is we don't find a platform and talk about ourselves and our role on the team. We allow others to do that. And if that didn't happen in San Diego, it didn't happen in San Diego. The guy made a pile of money. He's a good dude. He was the go-to guy for reporters when I was still covering the clubhouse and stuff. You could go to Eric Hosmer's locker any day and he'd talk to you. And there were days he didn't want to. There were days it was going bad. There were days they were losing. There was days he was in a slump and he would do it. And he would power through it because he's a man. He's a cool man. His dad was a fireman. These people are conservatives. They are died. Eric Hosmer and his wife and their family died in the wool conservatives. And that's why he was the cool dude in the locker room. It didn't work out on the field for him like he hoped. But he was never a great player here. He was a smooth fielder that got some big hits at the right time. He's a one-time all-star in 13 years, folks. His glove was better than his bat. His swing was always too big and loopy. Led to a lot of strikeouts. I mean, I think we cheer the guy. He'll be a Royals Hall of Famer, I feel sure. I, I don't know how he's not. And I think he'll identify as a Royal the rest of his life, and maybe they'll get a second home here. I think they live in Florida. They'll get a second home here, I would guess. Maybe spend some time in the community. I expect to see Eric Hosmer back in Kansas City and back here a lot. I do. And I think we should applaud him. And you know what? A lot worse things can happen than you win a World Series, make an all-star game, and somebody wants to pay you $143 million for it. And you go, and you're not as good as they thought you were. A lot of worse things in the world can happen than that. Within 24 hours of announcing they're going to a 12-team playoff, the college football playoff has announced they're expanding to 14 or looking to expand. And my reaction to this is, what? They just expanded to 12 and said, look at this. We've got this perfect system. we got four teams with a bye. Now they're looking going to 14. Why do they want to go to 14? If they go to 14, there's a chance they do one year at 12 and then go to 14. If they go to 14, their goal is to take the five big leagues, I think, Really, they're only concerned about two. They're concerned about the Big Ten and the SEC. What they want to do is guarantee two schools in from each of these conferences. That would be 10, then there'd be four at large. That's what they want. They don't ever want a scenario where the SEC or the Big Ten doesn't have two teams in. The question I'd have is, are we going to keep the silly championship games and say winner and loser are both in? Is that what we're going to do? And we're just going to have an exhibition game for a league title? You're going to have an SEC title game. Okay, let's say it's Georgia LSU. And you and out. well, they're both in the playoff because they're in the title game. So they're going to go play each other risk injury before the playoff for a league championship. I mean, I'm okay with that. To me, the league championship is a big deal. It is a big deal. For us, it's huge. KU, K-State, Missouri, what a massive deal that is to win a conference championship in football. You do that, you've done something. Sorry, you have. And that will get you in. But now are we going to say in one year's time, the loser gets in too? We're going to take both participants in the title game and they're automatically in regardless of outcome. I mean, I guess I'm on board. If you're going to 14, maybe the next year we'll just go to 16. If you go to 14, what are we going to do? Give two buys? I don't even know how that works. I got to break that down. My head's got to process what you do with 14 because that's one of these wacky basketball tournaments we've got going. Nuts. Final final today is brought to you by Cross Kitchens KC. Family owned and operated as Kansas City's remodeler. CrossKitchensKC.com, 816-898-7047. Joslyn's Jewelry, online at Joslyn'sJewelry.com. 95th and Antioch and Overland Park. Joslyn's is the jewelry you recommend to your friends and family. And MyPillow.com, folks, they've got a huge site-wide sale. And I'd love it if I'd be honored 
if you ever bought something there or were so inclined to buy something there, whether it's pillows for a guest bed or your kids or new pillows for you or sheets or towels or robes, slippers, any of the cool products they have, please use the promo code KKHI. It supports the podcast, costs you nothing, and that's the only way we get paid is if the promo code is used. On almost all of these things, when we say promo code, that's the only, that's the only way it ever works for the podcast. So thank you for all of you that do. And if you're inclined to go to mystore.com or mypillow.com and make an order, use the promo code KKHI or call the number and tell them KKHI. The number is 800-923-9034 for mypillow.com. Our final final is a douchey guy in Kansas named Bobby Parkhurst. Bobby Parkhurst caught a white crappie and it was a big one. And he thought, wow, I got something here. And he goes and he weighs and he goes, dang it, I don't have quite enough. So apparently he put two ball bearings in the crappie, took it to Kansas wildlife officials, and they weighed it. It came in at 4.03 pounds, which is more than 4.02 pounds, which was the record set in 1964 for largest crappie ever in the state of Kansas. Five days later, on a tip from eyewitnesses, I don't, this story's got holes to me. The Kansas wildlife folks got a tip from eyewitnesses. And an eyewitness said, well, we saw the thing weighed the first time at 3.73 pounds. They went to another location. It was 4.03. They took this crappie somehow five days later. They took the fish to the Topeka Zoo. And they x-rayed it. And they found the ball bearings in the fish. I've asked for years, how do, how do the, all this money on the line in these bass tournaments, how do they not put something in the fish to make them weigh more? Now, you're going to get caught putting lead in a fish. I get it. Why, if you're in a bass tournament, why are when you catch your bass, why aren't you stuffing them with food? Legitimate question. They're not going to digest it that fast. Why don't you shove like eight worms down the throat of a bass or a crappie or anything? Minnows, your bait. I, 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 I don't understand any of this stuff. I, I don't. Do we celebrate the fattest person on earth? <laughs> Like, if aliens came and came to Earth and captured the fattest person on Earth, would they be phoning home, ETs phoning home? We got him. We got the biggest human on the planet. Look at this fat ass. I've never understood this with fishing. Maybe length, but even then, oh, this guy in North, I think he's in North Africa or somewhere. We just got the eight foot two guy. We got him. We captured him. We're sending him back to Glork. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to do it, I guess. Isn't, shouldn't a fishing competition be how many fish you caught? Like, who caught the most in a certain amount of time? Wouldn't that be better? Who cares what they weigh? I caught the most bass in an hour. That's a hell of a fisherman. That's the guy I want to go with. Not the one that gets the biggest. That seems lucky to me. I want to go out with the dude who catches the most fish in the shortest period of time. Our final final at Kevin Keatsman has issue. 
Kevin Keatsman Has Issues has been presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC and is produced by Crooked Tail Media. Please hit the like or follow button wherever you listen or give us a review. For premium content podcasts and weekly newsletter, join as a patron at kkhasissues.com for as little as $5 a month. Support all our sponsors and other conservative businesses at the kklist.com. This has been a production of Cricket Tail Media Incorporated.